Thank you for listening to Lone Star Community Radio. This program was broadcasted and recorded live from the LSCR studios in downtown Conroe, Texas. Lone Star Community Radio is supported by listeners like you. Donate and sponsor today. For more information on getting involved with Lone Star Community Radio, contact us at lscrstudios at gmail.com or visit us online at www.irlonestar.com. Like nitrogen for your radio lungs, it's the audience of one show on Conroe's 106.1 and 104.5 FM, streaming on IRLoneStar.com and available wherever you get your podcast from. I am Fat Cat, next to the guy who doesn't understand where Girl Scout money goes, it's Dick Funky Biscuit Schistler. What's up? What's up there, Funky Biscuit? Nothing much, man. January is almost over. Rocking and rolling right through it, and uh, it's it's kind of flown by, and I'm kind of excited about February because there's a lot to do, and I have a lot of plans. So. Uh yes, all of your Valentine's Day plans, huh? Oh yeah, <laughs> let me tell you, uh, if anyone's out there, don't depend on me for Valentine's Day. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna make note of that. I will not depend on you for Valentine's Day. Yeah, I would Day. never. I know I'm not a Valentine's Day guy. No way. That is shocking to me. And you just you you I've known you for a while now. I would have thought you're a Valentine's Day guy, Dick. No way. <laughs> no, of course not. It doesn't it doesn't seem like something you'd be too into. You know, I did see something you said it's January. I did see something the other day that kind of surprised me for January. I heard the jingle of the ice cream truck oh, through yeah? my neighborhood and I thought, "Wow." In January, so so some people who don't live in this part of the country don't understand that you know it does get warm, and I guess it gets warm enough in January, the ice cream truck comes out. But I had a small ice cream ice cream truck incident, so to speak. I was driving, and uh, the ice cream truck was in my neighborhood, and it stopped. It pulled over and stopped, and there was one lady in front of me in a car, and she stopped, and would not go around the ice cream truck. And there was a line of about five, six, seven kids all lined up there getting their bomb sticks, you know, whatever. And I'm like, is this lady seriously going to wait? And I thought... It's not a school bus. Right, exactly. And I thought, I'm going to go around. It's not illegal to go around a an ice cream truck, is it? And as I started to go around, she looked at me and kind of threw her hands up like, what are you doing? And I thought, well, I'm going around responsibly, slowly. But if I had waited, that would have been probably 10, 15 minutes by the time all those kids got their order. So it did make me wonder if that was indeed illegal. There was a sign on the back of the ice cream truck that said, uh, you know, stop, caution children. But I don't think it's like a school bus scenario where you can get ticketed for it. At least I hope not. I don't, I, know, I don't know. I mean, I think that's one of those. It's probably different in different parts of the the world. Yeah. I know if I saw that and I saw children, I'd be like, all right, I'll go around proceed with caution right and that's what i did well you know it's even strange. But she looked at me so like i was doing something wrong i saw something kind of similar so there's there's certain county roads that i live by and some of them are really big now they're expanding them to four lanes and all that kind of stuff for example uh fish creek thoroughfare mccaleb road is now a major road it is and it's depending on what time of the day they still drop kids off on that major road and it's four lanes, or I guess technically five lanes with the median. So when you see a, a bus on the other side, like, do you really, really stop? stop? Yeah, because the like, kids aren't crossing the street and there's a median like, there. That's a good question. Yeah, and 
What was even stranger was I encountered one a couple weeks ago, and the stop sign on the bus wasn't out. Like, it wasn't flashing lights. It was pulled o- It was pulled over, and I don't know if it was broken, but then I, or because I saw that there's a parent or someone talking to the mm-hmm. person. And I was thinking to myself, I was like, so if there's no flashing lights, that means you can do whatever you want, right? That's right. Like, what happens if they break, and you're trying to drop off kids, and there's no indication that that's what's happening? But people were still stopping. And right. I was like, do I stop? I'm like, yes, I think you're supposed to stop. And I said, no. <laughs> Uh, I like some of them actually have like a little crossing arm that comes out of the front of the of well, the, I was on of the, the bus. Opposite, I was going the sticks, opposite way. Doesn't matter. It'll go into the oncoming traffic. It'll actually well, not when there's five bar. lanes. There's no there's well, no, no. Way that arm <laughs> unless is, it's is. like a go-go gadget arm. No, it's maybe like five feet long, but it's just enough to kind of block traffic. Yeah, I know. I've, yeah. I imagine there's something like, you're like yeah, yeah. I've plowed through those before. Yeah, yeah I know what you're whatever. talking about. Get out of my way. Uh, <laughs> but no, for for ice cream trucks, I mean, I think it's fair game. I, I think, think so uh, too. I think it's kind of fun. But that lady's probably still sitting there, man. Yeah. Well, some people are like that, man. There's some people that just kind of go along in their day, which I respect, like Sunday driving every day of the week, which yeah. is fine to me. And especially, like I said, county roads, it's, you get some people who are going real slow. Yep. And yep. It, I wonder at what point it no longer is called a county road, right? I'm sure there's some rule or designation as to if you're five lanes and divided, it's no longer a county road. Or is it always going to be a county road? I don't know. I don't know that one either. I got a question for you, kind of somewhat related. When someone asks you, hey, man, how far away are you? Do you respond in time or distance? Or does it vary? To be honest, the only time I've been in situations like that, I already have like Google Maps up. So okay. I just screen capture and send that. Like if you're no, okay, I guess you could, okay, yeah, I was gonna say if you're on the phone with somebody, and they're like, hey man, how far away are you? Yeah, I'm 10 minutes out. Or do you say, I'm 3.7 miles? Well, I mean, again, it's I've, the only time I'm really asked that is if like it's a long distance yeah. travel. Because, like, for example, if I came to visit you, I'd be like, hey, I'm on my way. And I'd be like, how long till you get here? You'd probably answer in time. You wouldn't say, well, I'll, I'm 15 miles out. No, I'd probably pull up Google Maps and send that to you. <laughs> and then let me or, decide. <laughs> or if you're an iPhone user, I'd say, here you can track me because I'm not, I'm not going to be responsible for telling yeah. me if I'm late or not. I, I do think it's interesting though when someone says how, uh, you know, how long or how far away are you? To me, that indicates distance. But most time, I think people respond in time. You know, how far away? Well, I'm 20 minutes away. Well, how far is that? Well, 20 minutes. But I, I do think it varies. Like if you're in a city, like a uh, uh, an urban area yeah. where you walk everywhere, you probably do it in blocks. Oh, I'm 10 blocks away. I'm seven blocks away. Yeah. And it's just interesting. I don't know. Well, it's also your habits. Because, I mean, if you're going to the same place every single time, they ask you how long you're going to be like, you can tell them easily because it always takes average of 20 minutes or nine blocks or whatever. But I always just do the Google Maps and just, here you go. Here, you figure it out. Or I track, or you track me. Like, I'm not trying to give the wrong answer here. Because I've done that before where I'm like, oh, I'm 30 minutes out, and then I'm 40 minutes. It takes 40 minutes. I'm like, oh, sorry, there's traffic. But, again, it's like, especially with people who expecting your arrival – because most of the time I always ask that is not because I give a hoot how long it's taking you. I just want to know what I can do before you get here. And that's why I'm asking you. Like, I'm not going to sit here and worry about it. I'm like, okay, so he's going to be here in 30 minutes. That means I can take a shower, or, you know, feed the dog and do stuff or my laundry or whatever. Okay, I should have known. I asked miles or or time and you 
didn't either. I love it. I did it. both. You did both. That's exactly right. Hey, man, you, last week you were very, very suspicious as to where the Girl Scout cookie money was going. That's, yeah, you always got to ask questions. Yeah, so I, I found my magnifying glass. I put on my sleuth hat, and I did some investigative yeah. reporting, Dick. I love it. Which means I Googled it. But and I found out where news. all of that money is going. Breaking it down by the numbers, this is eatingwell.com, says 76% of the total cost of a box of Thin Mints stays within the girls' individual troop. Okay, And of of that 76%, 24% goes to the baker, 22% goes towards the girl rewards. And that's the part you were interested in, the little patches and things like that that they get for yeah. doing their various things. So 22% of that cost goes towards See, that. It's funny. This reminds me of a couple weeks ago at 300, one of the dads had like a kid, the kids were fundraising for the school, right? Mm-hmm. And what the way they do it is if you sell X amount of things, this is you get prizes. Sure. Incentive, some might call that. Yes. And one of them was a PS5. Oh, my. And they had to sell like that's a, a lot of incentive. Well, they had to sell like 150 items. Yeah, and, th- and this dad in particular was smart because he's like, I want a PS5. So what he did is he showed up to every league. Yeah, again, this is kind of like what I said: the modern day Girl Scout cookie parents that set up shop and sell it for their kids, and then brag about how much their yeah. kids sold. And that ain't right. I was man. I was impressed because like within I wouldn't say within two weeks he had the 150 items sold. And what's even better is you know after that he's going to be in there playing World of Warcraft on this PS5, and the kid's going to come in. Can I play? Get out! Don't no. be don't be ignorant. No. World of Warcraft isn't on a console. That'll okay? tell you how much I do not yeah, play video games. You remind me of those. Oh, okay. What is it? You remind me of those Road movies. Rage Ten or whatever the. Oh, that's hell. another. Yeah. Great ten, yeah, no, uh, but yeah, it's pretty funny. I'm not gonna to let his kid play. Is my point there. Dick. I mean, I even got something. You bought something for him to help him get his yeah. PS5. Well, because I was looking at the items and they're all over the place, and one of them was a measuring cup, but it had a special, <coughs> a special top where you could take off mm-hmm. the middle and you can put a blender in it. Oh, that's that's pretty dope. So, like, if you want to blend, it's a pretty big. I think it was a four, uh, four cup or eight cup bowl. So a good measuring, but also is a mixing bowl, mm-hmm. and then I like that. So you can just put something on top, so it doesn't get everywhere, and sure, you're sure. just going to town on it. That is nice. Um, I've seen those before. So I was like, oh, I could use that. <clears throat> like that's something I could use, and that's I've used it. How so. nice of you. Well, the remaining fifty-four percent can be used for, or is used for programs, volunteer support, or training, financial assistance, and other services. But it does not say in there anything about camps and plots of land and things like the Boy Scouts own. So I don't know, man. I don't know what the Girl Scouts do in that. In no, that I mean, I'm sure it's a good organization. I was just kind of, I guess what, I guess what's so weird to me is how synonymous the Girl Scout cookies is, but now the Girl Scout cookie is bigger than the actual Girl Scouts. <laughs> yes, it is. If that makes sense. Like it does. To me, from a person who has no children involved, <clears throat> it's like, what do they do outside of selling cookies? Because I, I know the Boy Scouts it is a big deal. Have like a camping thing. They sell popcorn and stuff like that. Yeah, but I mean, like there's there's a purpose to the Boy Scouts. So what's the purpose of the Girl Scouts? <laughs> there's that sexist comment. I knew it was coming. It was just a week late. I I it, you know what? That's not sexist. <laughs> I'm wanting to know. I'm not saying oh they're call not, or they're, text they're, in. They're, if you know what the point of the Girl Scouts is. Well, no, I 
I think it's the exact same point, Dick. It teaches the children responsibilities and Good. camaraderie and All teamwork right. and blah, blah, blah. But you know what? It got me thinking, though, about the, this cookies and how much money they make. I think this would be a really good idea to raise money for the station. So I came up with some, and I'm, it's just spitballing here, but I came up with three cookie ideas. These are AOO-inspired cookie ideas, and I want to run them by you, okay? You ready? Yeah. First cookie. Bowling alley biscuits. This is a chocolate cookie with a mix of old cigarette smoke, dirty air filters, dying dreams of grandeur, and a hint of amaretto. Oh, the hint of amaretto. Yes, you like that? Second cookie, fire pit sandies. This is an almond cookie with notes of whiskey, cigar butts, bad decisions, and a hint of amaretto. Yes. And third cookie, this is my personal favorite, trunkfuls. This is a vanilla cookie that is based on the items found in Dick's trunk with flavors uh, of old Hot Pocket, uh, stale bottled water, duct tape, topped with and drizzled rat poison, covered with a hint of amaretto. But not real rat poison, of course, you know, just inspired by. Yeah. Yes, all with the hints of amaretto because it's such or a versatile. rat droppings. Yeah, it's such a versatile, uh, versatile liqueur. Yeah. What do you think? What do you like? You like those... Uh, you like those ideas, Dick? We could sell our AOO-inspired cookies oh, out front of the it. studio. I love it. I think the box art's going to be the selling point. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You could have your face <laughs> on it and other very... <laughs> your blue... What do you call your car? The blue bomber. The blue bomber. Oh, my gosh. Dick, I was made aware of a rather interesting, interesting sport. You know, we do talk about edge sports here every now and again. Are you aware of the sport of wife carrying? Actually, I am. Because you're like, I had to carry mine all the time, bro. No. No, I hated my <laughs> wife. Uh, hated her. Uh, no, okay, the, come on now. Come on now. The, Stay focused. I'm kidding. No, I've, I've heard of this because I want to say one of my friends did all those, what are they called, like obstacle course races? Not, not like Iron Man, but it was the obstacle stuff, like Tough Man. Oh, yeah, like the Mudder. Tough what is it mudder. called? Tough Mudder or whatever? Yeah. And then one of them was like, hey, I got invited to do this one with my wife. Because usually those Tough Mudders involve like couples doing it together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And one of them was like, hey, they're organizing. I think it was part of the Tough Mudder where they had a special day or a special, uh, what do you call it, a race that involved carrying your significant other. And it was kind of funny to me, and so yeah. I've heard of it. Okay, well, I hadn't, and my wife actually made me aware of this. Uh, it's pretty funny. So it is a contest in which male competitors race while carrying a female partner. The objective is for the male to carry the female through a special obstacle track in the fastest time. And this was introduced in Finland. Now, there are several different types of carrying that may be practiced. The classic piggyback. The fireman's carry, which is basically a... Have the lady over your shoulder, or Estonian style. You ever, uh, you ever done Estonian style, Dick? No, I'm uh, actually I'm looking this up. But there is similar to the beer mile. There is actually a, comp a competition, and this guy I just pulled this video up as 1.5 million views. Mm -hmm. He represented the U they represented the USA in the wife carrying world championship. Yeah, they did. So well, I'm, I'm gonna try to pull it up. Well, there's a picture. There's a picture right here that Andrew sent me. Yeah, and that that is Estonian style. I think I may have accidentally found myself in that position awkwardly one time, but not for competition. But uh, yeah, that is the probably the most popular. I think. Um, 
But it's kind of interesting, right? This whole concept. And if you're, and this is yeah. one of these things that um, that you're really into as like a couple or a family, because it's again, it's it's an edge sport, but it certainly is one that uh, people take seriously. What if you're in a family that's like third generation champion? you know, wife-carrying contest. That's really got to put a lot of pressure on the type and size of wife-mate you choose, right? Well, you know, it's what I love about this concept is one of the person in the relationship brought it up. This isn't something where you're like, have a eureka moment at the same time, like, we got to do this together. Yeah. You're like, the wife was like, oh, this would be a great bonding thing. It's like, well, you know, I got to put you upside down and go through this thing of water. Well, think about like, it. You're, you're out on a, I know this is crazy. You're out on a first date with this, uh, or even a third or fourth date, and you're really into this guy, and he says, hey, uh, by the way, there's this one thing I'm really into, and you're going to need to participate with oh. me. But I would think that would really affect the uh, the size of the woman that you're you're probably inclined to go after. You probably don't want a big, sturdy gal, I wouldn't think. You're probably looking for a little wafy thing, I would imagine. <laughs> I, I mean, think about this, it, though. If like you're, you're, This you're, is a little weird. I don't know if, if you're watching on YouTube, Facebook, or I'm putting up some footage, and everyone's figured out the strategy yeah the estonian style does definitely seem to be the and most popular wearing, the women are wearing bicycle helmets and they're literally kissing the butt yeah their, their face is buried in their butts while they've got their uh i guess that would be their hamstrings or their no their quads quads up <laughs> yeah, on their shoulder yeah. and they're running with these ladies this is great yeah can you imagine bringing home a, a girl that was you know more than 100 pounds to your three-time defending champion father he's like no no that will not work well, no, I mean, too big. you got to think the guy's going to be, <laughs> his ego's going to be tested. Right. So it's like, hey, I just got to lift harder, bro. And that looks like it's terrible for your back. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, I'd never heard of this, man, but it is this nuts. This is probably the new swinger thing. Oh, yeah, I imagine those parties are pretty wild. Yeah, I... Pretty uh, wild, indeed. Not like the beer mile guys. Those are... That's now, it would be cool yeah, if they had to drink four beers while carrying the wife. Yeah. She's trying to drink it upside down. Like, here, drink it, drink oh, yeah. it, drink She's it, got a drink, too. Yeah. That uh, would be great. Dick, are you aware of what the doomsday clock is? It made news again last week. I had heard of this before. No, I don't know if there's an official one, but I've heard of, like, cults having a doomsday clock. Cults? We need to have our own doomsday clock. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. I remember that being a thing where like especially with the social media where they had like the clock on the website yeah yeah well right it's not an actual real clock uh, and it's been around for 77 years but it attempts to gauge how close humanity is to destroying the world and every year some group of scientists get together and they either move it forward or back i don't know if it's actually ever been moved back but they uh last tuesday moved the clock again and it is now 90 seconds to midnight which represents the end of humanity as we know it you think we're that close man I don't. I mean, it could happen any time. But this is this is set by. I'm still struggling with the concept of dreaming because you're like, is that real? <laughs> is this like, is this the dream? I think this uh, or this doomsday like, clock is too much for you to. So when someone to tells me you have X amount of time, I'm like, ah, do we though? Because when I go to sleep, time doesn't really happen for me, and time I imagine really happen for I imagine me. death is the same way, where it's just like, I mean, it'd be cool to have something else going on, but. It's not like, you know, maybe it's just total darkness, but... Yes, I love this. It is the Bulletin of Atomic Scientists who created the clock in 1947. That sounds so ridiculous. Well, yeah, it says the clock isn't designed to definitively measure ex uh, ex existential threats, but rather to spark conversations about difficult scientific topic topics such as climate change, according to the Bulletin. 
or how many nuclear warheads we have pointed at each other. But apparently there was something that, uh, I guess it was all the Israel-Gaza-type uh, conflicts here recently and other things, probably the well, fact I mean, that I it's the an election year. Had them tick it up within 90 seconds. But you're so. going to get people who take this serious. Yeah, I, well, again, that's what it's for. It's to spark conversation. I guess. Look, Funky Biscuit, we need to have some serious talks on this show sometimes. Well, what I love about, about it is, like, let's just remind people that life is short. Like, you, you die. Yeah, we're 90 seconds from the end. So. I, again, I, I need to know if it ever moves backwards, and I don't know the answer to that question. I mean, I don't really care if it does or not. I well, mean, here's something you will be. Because there'll probably do something with, like, like a Donald Trump thing. Oh, he's president. Right. So tick it so, up. Tick so it up we closer. Have to, yeah, we have to right. make a statement or something sure. like that. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there are certain political We're events driving that occur. cars with poop. We got to... Dang it. We, we were... I, I was going to say that we were going to make it an entire episode without saying the word poop, and we, we didn't. Dang it. We made it uh, like 20 no. minutes. No. No. I won't <laughs> allow it. I won't allow it. Uh, but oh, no, I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. I think it's kind of funny that this is what... Like how they determine what to move the clock for, and the, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they I mean, probably heard an episode of this show and went tick that no, sucker up. No, they're probably Humanity like, doomed. oh man, Elon made a EV car. We're gonna move it back, and then it's like five years later, six years later. Oh, e- Elon's a, a Chad. We gotta move it up. Well, the the real reason is the ongoing concerns about the war in Ukraine and the Israel Gaza conflict, the potential of nuclear arms race That's and the climate crisis, which COVID. is what I was implying earlier. COVID may have, yeah, actually, COVID may have ticked it up a few years ago. This was just for this past week, yeah. the most recent. Oh. Well, I mean, so. that kind of stuff's wild, and it's going to go back and forth. And yeah, man. So from CNN, I thought this was a pretty interesting article. You are aware of Puxitani Phil, correct? And this is yeah. the groundhog that. Um, if he sees his shadow, there's yeah. six more weeks of winter or something. Well, his big day is coming up, right? That's in February, I believe. I don't know. We don't, we don't follow that, really. Yeah, well, wouldn't you know, PETA, the People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, wrote an open letter, I love uh-huh. this, Monday, to the Puxatawney uh, Groundhog Club in Pennsylvania, in which they encouraged its president, Tom Dunkel, to remove the animal from the celebration. Yes, they need to formally retire Phil, that's the name of the uh, Puxatawney chipmunk or whatever the heck he is. Take him to the a sanctuary. Hog? The groundhog. Well, it is a chipmunk, isn't it? It's a groundhog. Oh, no. Gra- never... Yeah, it's a groundhog, but he's in the same chipmunk family, isn't it? Right? Aren't they all sort of the same? Chipmunk well, is a groundhog. Groundhog is really a chipmunk. Fair. I think. It's, it's also known as a woodchuck. Woodchuck. That's what I meant. Not a chipmunk. Sorry, woodchuck. That's what I meant. Yeah. What they said, uh, they need to retire him and instead replace him with a giant coin. <laughs> Flip a coin of whether or not there's going to be more <laughs> or less winter well, see i do like these kind of conflicts that happen over time because of you always have the argument of tradition yeah and it's like when does the tradition need to be put to rest well yeah this, true. this particular one i don't really care because it's more of a town thing i don't live around there right so. i think they're they're implying that they're exploiting this woodchuck uh for commercial gain for the city because it's that's basically all the city's got but my, I mean, I've seen him every I bet year. I have more. And I he bet looks charm there. He looks like he's pretty fat and healthy and happy to me. I mean, well, I mean, what, well, what is he doing the rest of the year? That's one day out of the year. The, the other three hundred sixty-four was he? What's he doing? <laughs> I mean, what I what I like this idea is that somebody privately owned the groundhog and they he just leases it to the city. Yeah, playing PS Five or something. And, well, he's like, that's my job. That's my family's tradition for the past ten generations is to take care of the groundhog. Yeah, and he's probably got. 
F you money too, man. The <laughs> groundhog? Doing it. No, no, the family. I can't imagine. Well, you know what I'm talking about. Like, what ha- like you're asking what happens to the groundhog during the year. It's yeah. like, I bet some person takes care of it. And then they're like, oh, yeah, I won't forget well, it. Well, PETA wants them to flip a coin now. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, again, it's a tradition. And it already if you're flipping a coin to see if it's going to be six weeks longer of winter or whatever, it's like, we already know it's kind of sham. Yeah. This is kind of fun, though. <gasps> they should see if they can get that... Uh... The groundhog. I'm going vacillating back and forth between groundhog and woodchuck. If they can get him to flip the coin, now that would be that'd be a cool yeah. circus trick, parlor parlor yeah. trick, right? It's like going to a fly circus. <laughs> I've heard of him. Is that yeah. is that really? That's a, thing a real now? thing. It's a real thing. No way. Look a fly up. circus. Maybe, uh, flies. Yeah. Maybe next week, man. I don't know. Uh. Did you hear all of the news about the explicit images, AI images, in fact, of? Taylor Swift making its rounds on the internet. I mean, I'm surprised it's so, not already a thing. Well, that's that's okay. That's my thing. Or it wasn't already a thing back in the day. Well, I actually saw one of these on like the I Love Conroe, and it wasn't explicit, obviously, because you can't post anything like that. It was mildly suggestive to me. I mean, she was leaning forward, and there were some fans like behind her, kind of looking at her rear end or something. And I thought nothing of it because it looked highly stylized. It looked AI generated. It didn't look yeah. real. But apparently, these got really out of control last week, and they're very explicit, as you can imagine. And uh, they made the rounds, viewed like you know, 17 million times in the first couple of hours or something like that. Yeah. And it finally has caused, I think, somebody in the uh, federal government to say, you know, perhaps we need to look into this AI generated stuff and see if we can get a, a hold on it. So it takes Taylor Swift. <laughs> actually having her likeness or image done before we finally say, this probably isn't something that's going down I mean, that's, that's usually how it happens. I mean, there's probably some poor family that's been fighting some laws it, or whatever. My, my exact point. Yeah, exactly. But then again, that's what Taylor Swift does for the society. It brings light to these Thank really you. crucial things. Thank you, Taylor. We appreciate it. Well, you know, it's funny. You know, uh, I, I don't really, I've never played football, but I've been around football players. Because I did photography for high school football, and they have a good a good language going on on the field, good, good dialogue with each other, and especially the team they're playing against. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking to myself, watching the football games this weekend, and uh, I guess Taylor Swift State one of the football players, and I was like, I wonder. I've how, heard about that, and something. I was like, I wonder how many of the opposing team is talking trash. About him being Mrs. Swift. Oh yeah, and as like, they tackle him, they've got yeah, like there you go, Mrs. Swift, mm-hmm. or you know, there's different ways. Or if he misses that catch, oh yeah, yeah. or a catch. Because mm-hmm. I wonder, I always wondered. Because I feel like if someone heard it, they'd be like, "Oh, we gotta ban that player now," because he talked negatively about Taylor Swift. Yeah, I don't think it would go that far, but you, if he's sensitive, it could certainly get under his skin. And his play did dip. Uh, earlier in the season, and everybody's like, oh, it's attributing it to all the attention. Well, and it could have been. Of course, he had an amazing game uh, in the AFC yeah. Championship, well, and so I think that. he's past it now. Because, you know, Taylor Taylor Swift can change industries just by appearing. Yeah. Yeah, she can. Yeah. She can. It says, Swift's enormous contingent of loyal Swifties expressed outrage on social media this week, bringing the issue to the forefront. So, again, <laughs> thank you, Taylor Swift, for fixing the world for us. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. If anything, though, it'll help. So, switching gears here, I heard you talking about uh, CGI and special effects uh, a couple weeks ago on Cindy Cochran's show, The Great Cindy Cochran. 
And uh, it got me thinking about this one scene that I remember from the uh, 2002 Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire. Yeah. Um, and this is that real iconic scene where he is in the cafeteria with uh, Kirsten Dunst, who's plays MJ, right? Okay. And you probably know the scene I'm talking about. Yeah. And uh, she's walking and with a tray of food, trips, and her tray goes flying into the air. All the food goes flying in the air. Tobey Maguire turns around and notices this. He's kind of, at this point in the movie, coming to grips with the fact that he's got all this newfound abilities and things like this. So he's not quite sure what he can and can't do. Turns around quickly, grabs the tray, and has all the food land perfectly back onto the tray while catching MJ at the same time. It's like, whoa. And that looked really cool. Were you aware that was done without CGI? Thinking back to it, it doesn't seem possible. Well, didn't they use strings? No. Uh, at, at the time, they said it would be too costly and take too much money, resources, time, whatever, to try and CGI that in. They wanted to do it real. And it took them 167 tries before he finally, dude, nailed it <laughs> there at the end. Pretty cool, though, man. And I, I, uh, I did go back and watch that scene on the clip just to... Because I had always assumed it was CGI, but no, that is for real, man. Pretty cool. Were you aware of that? I mean, I I knew there were some practical effects in that movie, and then I also knew because that's Sam Raimi really likes doing practical effects. I know that because mm -hmm. you know did the Evil Dead practical effects. Is that what you're practical, calling practical? Practical. So that is the use of non CGI. Yeah. Okay, I wasn't aware of that term. Yeah. Practical effects. Well, it's kind of like like the scene huh. the scenes where he's climbing the walls and things. Like you can that's, tell that they're tr real. they're trying to do camera techniques to make it look like. So the wall was like inclined yeah, at fifteen degrees, yeah, or something like yeah. that. Okay. And, and I mean, same thing with Lord of the Rings. A lot of the shots in there were perspective shots, so to make them the actors were really on stage. But ironically, Gandalf was fifteen feet to the right. But the way they did the camera made them look like right next to each other, and photos a little. Little Hobbit. Huh. I mean, you should see the cart. You know, all the scenes are on carts and stuff. Mm -hmm. You should see how big the cart is. It's giant. It's hilarious. But yeah, no, I mean, that's that doesn't surprise me. Okay. Well, I, I was thoroughly surprised because I just assumed something like that. First of all, it's really hard to do. You know, it's like an apple and a sandwich and something oh. else. Maybe a drink. I don't remember. Just well, do, do, do I don't think Toby perfectly. McGuire did it. I bet there was some stunt no, guy. it was Toby. That's what we're saying, And man. they dropped the items onto the deal? Like, how would they do it? Why uh, are you bringing this to me? Now I want to look it up. That was That's kind of the point. It's to spark intrigue. Well, you seem like you're like, not surprised, not surprised. Now, all of a sudden, you're curious, aren't you? I thought it was with strings. Actually, I said 167. It was 156. I need to report more accurable. Accurable? <laughs> I just made up a word. Accurately. My apologies. Yep, it was no, it was actually them. All on their own. Are you what are you what are you looking up here? I'm looking it up. Oh, you want to show the video? I want to see how they actually did I, it. It's probably in that link I sent you, but I don't know. I'm pretty sure it was with string. Yeah, it says um that means Toby had to catch Kirsten, which by the way, it should be Kristen. I don't know. Is Kristen a real name? The tray and the food all himself. You can only imagine how difficult that would be with all the cameras fixed on you, let alone making sure you're in the shot the entire time. Yeah, man. Says uh, Spider-Man creator Sam Raimi, who's who you're talking about, uh, fought Sony to keep the scene in the film because the studio thought it would take too long and too many resources to get it right, as I indicated earlier. 
Well, maybe we'll put a link to it in our show notes. Yeah, here. so they super glued the hands, and then they super glued items like the sandwich to the plate and the jello to the plate. Right. And all Toby had to do was catch them all. Yes, you're right. That he did have his hands glued to the tray, but I think he still had to get the items onto it, though. Yeah. And it took 156 tries. All right, last story cool. before we take a break. The Guinness Book of World Records suspends the oldest dog record. I knew something was up with this. Yeah, so uh, a dog made uh, news back in October as being the oldest dog in the world. They're suspending this over authenticity doubts. Uh, this is from the cron.com, so local rag. The Guinness Book World Records uh, suspended a dog named Bobby. It's a Raffiero who died in October at the age of 31 over criticism that it ain't legit. And I guess they, they basically just go off of um, the, the, the word of the pet owner. You know, there's, there's not a lot of verification that goes on other than, yeah, yeah, we say the dog is this old, and if there's some vet records, perhaps they can try and cross-reference them with that. But uh, what I think is funny is they... Uh, <laughs> Some of the some people started to doubt the authenticity of this because they said there was a picture of Bobby back from 1999 that they claimed was the dog, but the dog's feet were a different color. <laughs> so people started going, "Wait a minute, that, that well, this ain't the same dog." Well, my dog's feet are different colors from when it was a young one, and now it's old. What? Your dog's feet have changed colors? Yeah, they have you white. The, you need to check that dog's diet. Is that from maybe he's licking it so much or something? No, or she? It's like she is a black border, but as she's getting older, her white hair is coming through. So her like her snout for about an inch from her nose to her so snout you, you is believe, white. You believe this dog is 31 years old and, then? Well, I mean, I, I'm just saying if that's your only reason that the dog is not the same dog. Like I, I, That's I, the reason why people began yeah. to suspect. And in the last few months, the family has stopped taking calls uh, on the matter. They are tired of defending it because they claim... No, no, no. That dog is really 31. The uh, previous older, oldest dog uh, was 29 years old uh, from 1936 or 7. It's a long-standing Yeah, I'm record. sure they have documentation. Right, then that, yeah. that was going to be my point, is how accurate were the documentation the records then. All right, man, pretty good time. Take a break. When we come back, we have a very interesting way to get free lunches. Stick around. Hey there, audience of one listener. We hope that you're enjoying the show. And if you are, and you like what you're hearing, tell a friend. In fact, make it awkward and demand that they like and share the show. Do whatever you can to ensure that this little experiment we call Audience of One continues to thrive and prosper. And if you're interested in sponsoring or donating to the show, you can do that as well through our show page at IRLoneStar.com AOO. All right, we're back with Audience of One here every Wednesday at 10 a.m. Lone Star Community Radio. Don't forget to subscribe if you haven't. We're on YouTube, Facebook. Just look up Audience of One Show. And, of course, our podcast is released every Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. You can always sponsor and donate. The link's below. We also have a call-in message line, text line, so feel free to participate with Audience of One every show, 936 463 2322. That number can be found below and along with our email address at audienceofoneshow at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, so we're back hanging out. I think we should do the rest of the show Estonian style. <laughs> I just got what you're saying. Uh, 
No, thank you. I will not be participating. And we'll flip a coin to see who's yeah. <laughs> who's carrying who. No, why don't we just do halfway there, halfway okay, through yeah, the rest. For, yeah, there you go. Halfway through the, the second segment. That's we'll, what that's we'll, what that we'll competition flop. should have. Or switch. Is you have to switch. So it really changes up the Dude, dynamic. It would really change it up. Yeah. That'd be yeah, that'd be really interesting. And again, while you're slurping down some beers, that would be great. Did uh, you hear did yeah. you hear the news? Um just this I guess this past week, uh, of the man who was put to death in Alabama by nitrogen gas. Did you hear about this? I mean, I heard about some new way to kill somebody, but... Yeah, so in Alabama, they actually um, made nitrogen gas an option uh, in, I think I say, 2018, I think, but they hadn't used it yet. And this guy, uh, Kenneth Eugene Smith, 58, was executed by nitrogen hypoxia. Ooh, isn't that Sounds, the same as like those folks who sadly commit suicide in their car and they do like a hose? Uh, well, I mean that's similar, I suppose. But it sounded like this thing took a while. It it was supposed to go through pretty quickly, and apparently he writhed around for like a half hour. Oh, am I dead yet? Yeah, am I dead yet? Pretty pretty wicked. But this whole scene came about because they tried to put him to death last year by normal, I guess, uh, lethal injection. Yeah. And uh, they couldn't find a vein. They poked him like four or five times. They couldn't find a viable vein. So they're like, all right, we're going to figure out what else to do with you. <laughs> Sit here for a minute. And they came yeah. up with this idea and said, well, we're just going to gas him. And I guess the idea is here it's supposed to just replace all the oxygen in your lungs and you just die peacefully. Well, it was not peacefully. This dude, ooh, that's pretty bad, man. But I don't know why they don't just bring in the old firing squad. It sounds brutal. No, the head chopping thing would be cool. The guillotine? The guillotine would be cool. Yeah, that'd be pretty brutal. Well, I think it changed. Like, I don't think anyone in the public can go watch now. So it's not, they have to make Boo. it. Boo! Yeah. Dick's like, I went front row seats to the guillotine. Well, that was kind of the thing back in the day, wasn't it? Where it was kind of public execution, where you had the guillotine mm-hmm. and you had all that kind of They need to bring stuff. it back, is what you're saying. No, I don't really care. <laughs> Uh, unfortunately, I mean, I, mean, I imagine there's a lot of people on death row who are are innocent, but are, are, there's also people who are guilty, and I don't really know how to. It's weird. I think that's kind of that's got to be one of the weirdest laws, or you know, how people figure out how what what, what constitutes is like, oh, let's murder this guy. Yeah, or, I, d- I don't know what this guy did, but uh, since this was sort of an unproven method of killing somebody, I would think we would have tried it on some of the most like heinous of. Well, not even of that. criminals, like, what, just just because, right? And I, I don't know, would, maybe he was. Because I want to say the average length between the judgment and the actual execution is a good while. Yeah, I think so. It can go on for years. Well, Which he, I don't really understand. I think like after it's done, there you're done, right? I would think so. Just do it right there. Well, I mean, if it's like within the week. This is pretty interesting. I love this, though. Uh, prison officials said earlier that as a precaution... To prevent Smith from vomiting, they gave him his final meal of solid food by 10 a.m. and only clear liquids through the day. So I guess, you know, we're going to kill this guy, but we don't want him to be a mess. Would you like to know what his last meal was? No. All right. I don't really care. It's a T-bone steak, hash browns, scrambled eggs, and A1 sauce. Toast with a hint of amaretto. (laughs) I love it. I just made that last part up. But apparently the uh, the chemicals that are needed for injections, lethal injections, are scarce and they're hard to come by for whatever reason. And so this was uh, adopted as a routine or methodology they could use in lieu of um, lethal injection. 
Yeah, pretty wicked. But I again, I say bring back the firing squad because I know it seems like it's brutal, but apparently it's quick and it's uh, it's uh, painless. Well, I know that's an option instant. in military. Sure, I know that. Yeah, absolutely. What do you what are you messing with over there, man? Well, it's just tradi- oh, I'm just trying to make sure we're <laughs> actually working. recording and yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm not, and I'm running not, the radio station at the same time. I mean, it's, it takes takes some time, bro. Yeah, it does. Okay, so this is the story that I teased right before the break. This is actually from a year ago, but it's right at the one-year anniversary, so that's probably why I ran across it. But this is pretty funny. Okay. So there is a woman named Vivian Tu, and she uh, she went viral in 2021 uh, with a clip where she bragged that she went on six dates a week to avoid paying for groceries. <laughs> You know, it's funny. I'm pretty sure did, I, it might have been in this show. Oh, my. But I remember what a reading, lovely person. I remember reading an article about a guy who was homeless. Uh huh. And he would date women to live at their house. Oh, my. I remember that. I was like, that's pretty That wild. is pretty wicked. So he, he probably didn't actually have a permanent residence. but So he's got to always constantly yeah. be, as he can see one fade and he's got to get another one on the hook so he can yeah. go straight in there. She's like, boy, you sure do want to come over to my place really quick. Yeah, yeah, how about tonight? <laughs> Just saying. Tinder, that's what Tinder's for, roommates. Yeah, but that's a one-night thing, I guess, if he's looking for a more permanent basis, because otherwise you got you got to put in work, man. No, I had not heard that, but oh. that's pretty funny, too, along the same so lines. So she goes on six dates. She says between, now again, this is where I'm not entirely sure I uh, believe her, but she said between 2016 and 2018, quote, I didn't buy groceries once. Probably saved about 150 a week. Well, this inflation is probably two fifty now, but uh, yeah, she sounds like a wonderful human being. <laughs> and I would imagine, though, is it the same person multiple times, or is she getting six different dudes six different times a week? And I guess social media really does yeah, help I mean, this Tinder, out a little bit. I mean, Tinder people are addicted. And so I don't know that she's sleeping with all these people, right? And she's just getting lunch, right? She's going out on a date. Typically, dates involve someone purchasing the other person a meal. I mean, good for you. I think I, would you would you implement this technique if times got tough? No, that's <laughs> no. too much work. It that's what I'm saying. It is a lot of work, and I I don't know. She said originally she didn't start this well, to, to save money well, on food. It just it kind of dawned on her. She's like, hey, I haven't bought lunch in a few weeks. This is a really good idea oh, if yeah. I keep this I up. Like it. Yeah, Psh. <laughs> I like it. I, well, I I figured that you would, Dick. So I got to ask you, are you a closed captioning guy? And you know what I mean when I say closed captioning? Yeah, I mean, it just depends on the scenario. Yeah. Like, if I'm watching a movie with people around, I'm like, yeah, I'd rather have closed captioning on. But if I'm watching a movie by myself, probably not. And then if the movie's terrible, then yeah, I'm going to put it on closed captioning. What does that have to do with anything? The movie's terrible. Well, like, the sound's terrible. Oh, okay. If the sound quality is terrible. I know as a kid, I couldn't stand closed captioning. Every time I see it, it would just annoy me. Yeah. You know, and I was like, oh, why do people do that? That's so annoying. Of course, you know, not realizing as a young person that some people can't hear, Andrew, and that's why they do it, you know. But uh, as I've gotten a little older, uh, I have found myself using closed captioning more often. But what's funny is not all closed captioning is the same. Oh, yeah. Some of them uh, are down at the bottom of the screen in a nice, neat little fashion, and some of them jump around. And the ones that jump around annoy me because they'll be over the, like the subject's face sometimes, and that really pisses me off. I'm like, dude, move it down to the bottom. I don't get that. So if it's the ones down at the bottom, 
I, I I'm okay with that, right? Because oftentimes I can I, ignore. You know it what if you I need to, to try out just to experience is one of my friends is uh is blind, and the audio descriptions of movies is totally on the other spectrum of closed captioning. Okay. Because you know how in, in closed captioning they do some closed captioning for noises. Yeah, door squeaks. Yeah, door squeaks or ominous. audible laughter in the background. Yeah. But if you're if you're listening to the audible stuff. For audio, uh, audible. Man squeaks fart. No, it's it, they go into description. I forgot what the original, like the, the actual name for uh-huh. is, but they describe every single thing so fast. It's like character A walks and shuts the door quietly, then strides through the office happy and jovial. And I think you need to do this for a living. You were really good at that. But yeah, but it describes no, it, awesome. it describes every single thing. It's okay. nuts. But closed captioning, yeah, it's a it's a must for me most of the time because it's just. Okay. And yeah, I, I don't know. I got really used to it mainly because I could focus on it. Especially like, oh, you know, the worst thing is to go to a bar or go to a restaurant with me and have a TV on. Yeah, because you're. It, I'm, I'm all in. Like, and I would get in so much trouble when I went on dates and I had to explain to him, like, I would prefer not to sit here. Do you want to sit somewhere else? <laughs> yes, I can't. I can't be seen. Like, I remember we went to. Uh, I can't be in a position where I can see the TV, basically. No, because I, I remember I went on a date. And I didn't want to go to this place, but it's uh, Twin Peaks because we're meeting people. Oh, what a horrible place that and is. And I was going nuts. I, I was, you Because there was TVs everywhere. <laughs> it and was I the was TVs, like, was it? I can't, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. Like, I literally go, I can't be They have here. other things in that restaurant that are supposed to distract you, Dick. Yeah, no, I get that. But it's just like, the, like literally any seat you sat. Yeah, there's a TV. Tell. They've got TVs. And my favorite is the Law & Order episodes that sometimes you go to a <laughs> restaurant or bars playing. They have a closed captioning. And I'm like, now I'm invested. Now I want to know who the killer is, you know, that kind of thing, even though it's the most ridiculous TV show. So can you find yourself uh, able to focus in on the details of the movie and read at the same time? Are you Do you do your oh, eyes yeah. go back and forth, back oh, and forth? Because yeah. I find myself sometimes I'll just be reading the whole time. And I go, oh, my gosh, I haven't looked up from reading in a while. So I have to I have to really either say I'm not going to read it or I'm going to practice moving back and forth. Because if I get lazy about it, I'll just stare at the words. I wonder if that's a pretty common problem as well, and I'm not the only one. I encourage everyone to watch Roadhouse with closed captioning on. <laughs> the new one? No, the old one, because it is ridiculous. And you actually, that's one thing I like about closed captioning. You actually get to hear the dialogue and see what they're. Correct. I, and that's one of the reasons why I've kind of grown a little more fond of this is I didn't realize how much I was missing. Mm-hmm. And in a lot of movies nowadays, the actors will mumble or the sound will be real low because they're. They're acting, and in real life, not everybody in every scenario situation is going to be audible. And so to add realism, they'll say something really low. Like, what, what did he just say? And you read it, and you go, oh, my God, he just basically gave something that's important to the plot of the movie, and I had no idea. So that's part of it. Well, something interesting about closed captioning is I thought it was just for the olds. Apparently, Gen Z, that's the youngins, uh, is very, they like closed captioning. They're, they're okay with it. Like I said, when I was a kid, I couldn't stand it. But these are kids and they like it. And part of it is social media. And when you've got something on your phone scrolling with the sound down, most all of oh, these yeah. videos on TikTok and Insta and whatever else has closed captioning. And so they've just learned to adopt it and learned to, to like it, which I think is pretty interesting. And I guess that probably will stick with them even outside of social media surfing and whatnot and will translate to when they're olds like us, and watching movies. And just keep the closed captioning on. Isn't that crazy? Crazy. Yeah, it said 59% in this recent survey from uh, WGBH. (laughs) 
It says that 59% of Gen Z respondents watch with subtitles, and 52% of millennials do that. So that is what we call st- significantly statistical improvement. Right? I that's guess. a big. That's a big change. Well, whatever. Yeah, you're a, you're a millennial, aren't you? Yeah. How do you feel about that? How are you dealing with your millennial? I feel labeled. Your millennialism. You feel labeled. <laughs> I still bleed red. Oh, I, I bet you do. Yeah. Especially after you go Estonian style. Well, I'm just glad to know that it's not just for the old people. <laughs> I'm I'm obsessed with the Estonian style, man. I, I it's so wild. <laughs> are you familiar with the restaurant Dick's Last Resort? No, it sounds great. Are you not? You're not familiar with it? No. Okay, so Dick's Last Resort is one of these restaurants. It's a themed restaurant where the waiters... Oh, yeah, they're mean to everybody. ...are rude to everyone. Yeah, okay. Yeah, and I've been to one. It's been years ago, and they'll, like, throw stuff at you. and Like rolls. Rolls, or they'll, they'll call out what you're eating or what you're wearing or whatever, and it's kind of an interesting concept. I'm not sure why that caught on, like why people would want to actively go out to eat and be insulted, but Where apparently they do. Where is it? Uh, there is, I was reminded of this because there is one down on the Riverwalk in San Antonio. Okay. And I passed by it, and I was like, oh, I think that was probably the one I went to a long time ago. Uh, and it reminded me. Well, I did not know that there is a an Australian sort of take on this called Karen's Diner. Oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect. No, I like it. Oh, so you can imagine what this is. This is female sort of dominated waitresses in like the 1950s uh, style, retro style. See, the thing that sucks about the Dick's Last Resort is Uh if you try to play a prank on somebody and like, hey, let's have dinner tonight. I'm like, yeah, I picked a place. Here's the direction. It's called Dick's Last Resort. They'll be kind of suspicious about that. Uh But if I imagine if I was like going on a date or... I have friends visiting in town. I'm like, oh yeah, we'll just go to the local diner. Yeah, Karen's Diner. Then, yeah, you, it's not as obvious. I know. That's, I, I think that's that's a good joke. And I know there are people that didn't get the bit, right? And and they they walk in not expecting the well, service to Dick's be terrible. Last resort would make me think. I like, think what's no, going no. I'm talking about here? in this Karen's situation, okay. right? And they're like, man, the service in here is terrible. This is horrible. They're really rude. Well. Unfortunately, this Australian chain is closing up shop. Oh, I wonder why. And I think that, well, a lack of patrons, so to speak. Yeah, it says the end of the viral venture has seen the close of Karen's Diner restaurants in Perth, Melbourne, and the uh, Gold Coast. Yeah, it says the demise of Karen's Diner. We felt uh, the time was right to take a look back at the legacy and the controversies. You got it. Did you read this article, dude? Uh, yeah, like I, what would happen last year at this place? So here it says last year at Bisbean restaurant, the, the restaurant came under fire where one of the wait staff was caught on camera taking the act a little too far. The male waiter accused the father of being a pedophile and his <laughs> daughter of having an OnlyFans account. The waiter also alleged and called the girl a tart and then he mimicked a inappropriate thing. Onto their table. <laughs> I think they're pushing the bit like a it. little far, I like man. It. I mean, yeah. Because what, what I love about that is, if you go to a place, you, you have to sign something. You have to because yeah. it's like yeah. these guys can say anything they want to you, and you got to take it. It's supposed to. But I like. I mean, can you? This is on film. We got to find this. Yeah, one. it says waiters and waitresses were allowed to swear, tell people to f off, flip their middle fingers, walk away, shout, film people, and toss food. 
The only kinds of offense that were explicitly off-limits were jokes based on a person's body, ethnicity, or a sexuality. But it sounded like in that one example you just gave, they were pushing the envelope there a little bit too much. But I think that's exactly what happened. It was it was gimmicky, and it was also risky, and I think some of the patrons were like, yeah, Karen's Diner ain't working for me. But Dick's Last Resort still holding holding up. I guess the people in Australia maybe not as, uh, I don't know, tolerant of such things as we are. Well, I mean, especially if you're going to the show, don't be shocked of what the show is. And I think that's, I wonder what the experience is walking through the doors. That's almost like something where you have a, a waiting room. And you're mm-hmm. like, hey, before you go in, just to let you know, here's the house rules. That would not be a bad idea. And just to let and you they know. might. Yeah. I don't remember that at Dick's Last Resort. Yeah, you walk in and the person just briefs you a good 30-second briefing. Hey, just let you know, that's the theme of this restaurant in case you're not aware. And they're actors. Yeah, essentially waiters. they are. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they are. Anyways, well, maybe. I was going to say we make a show trip I, to well, Australia well, to, to Karen's hoping, Diner. But what I was hoping for is no some, more. what do you call it, BDSM kind of thing. Whoa. People who are like, I like love being talked down to. I'm going to go to this Karen's restaurant. I love it there. Ah, uh, yes, just, I see just, what you're saying. Yes. They're calling me useless. Yes, I am useless. But, uh, I mean, teach their own. I mean, the, yeah, I like it. I mean, that was, I could totally see people doing that. That's great. Yeah, I want to go back there. It makes me feel real bad about myself. I love it. Yeah. And the fries were good. Keep it coming. They got that freestyle machine. I can get an orange soda. Yeah. I don't care if she throws a biscuit at me. Yeah, that's funny, man. That's my Karen's Diner uh, patron voice, by the way. I think that's sad that it didn't work, and especially the controversy. Because, again... <laughs> we need more themed well, restaurants. Also, we need more themed well, restaurants. Almost, also, I would imagine the Dick's one being opening before social media. Because it sounds like the Karen one, if you read the article... Yeah, it's more, a newer concept. It, it only became an issue because people were posting stuff on TikTok and they didn't get the full context. Right, they don't... That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Is they didn't quite understand the bit. And I think that's what happened. People were like, oh man, I'm not going to go there. The service is terrible. When that was indeed the yeah. point. Well, I think that's also... They shouldn't... The point should be terrible service. Like your food should still come out. Can you get great service while also being called... A, a pansy? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Really? I don't know if those two things are synonymous or not. Well, I mean, let's let's be realistic. How often do you want to interact with a wait staff while you're trying to eat? I mean, I think that's part of it, right? I mean, well, as I was saying, it's either a show, yeah, or it's not. And if it's both, that's cool. But still, only come by me to be a, the wait staff. Don't come over here and try to start talking smack if you're not going to refill my water. Yeah. Does that make sense? I, you know, it does. And that reminds me, I actually uh, went to a, a dinner show. Because can you imagine the awkwardness if, like, you ask for water, and, like, no, and they walk away, and like, well, that was all fun and games, but I really want water, so can I just get my own now? Yeah, or? like, nope, <laughs> they just walk right on by. Yeah. That reminds me, I went to a show one time in Las Vegas, and it was actually, <sighs> like, supposed to be an Italian wedding. But you ate while you were there. Um, it was a, a meal, but it was also a show. And the show was you were a guest in the wedding. Bless you, Dick. That's hitting me. Yeah, it is. And it was really interesting because um, they never broke character. At least they, they didn't try. So if you got up and went to the restroom and there were other actors there, they're still playing the part even in the restroom. And this one guy stopped me. And I remember he like opened his wallet and he was showing me a picture of his girlfriend. And it was this... You know, weird-looking redheaded girl, but he was still acting or whatever, and blah blah blah. And I'm like, okay. And then he stopped and he said, "I really like your shirt, though." And I was like, "Wait, are we still acting, or do you really like my shirt? I don't know what's going on right now." And I think he said, "I had that yeah, same shirt." Yeah, you ever been but, to those murder mystery? Yeah, it's it's the same kind of concept. 
I had a blast. It was really, really yeah. good. Yeah. And uh, I think they, they um, get people up on stage to sing just like at a wedding party. It was literally as if you went I to actually, a wedding. I went on a date. <laughs> people you don't know. I went on a date to the King's Feast. And I the, the date quickly realized what kind of person I am due to the King's Feast because it was a lot of fun. I was having a great time. Were there TVs there to distract you? No, it's like it's a show. All right. It's at the, okay. it's at the Texas Renaissance So you can stay Festival. focused. And it was like a two-hour show. They did have a freestyle. No, it, they okay. bring, it, they serve. Like, have you never been to the King's Feast? You ever heard of it? With you. Uh, I'm assuming it's like uh, the Renaissance themed, right, where they ride the horses. No, well, no, it's like a closed deal. It's it's fairly expensive, and uh-huh. you get a five course meal, yeah. and, you know, unlimited drinks for the two hours. But it's a show. Yeah. So the whole thing is like the waiters, the waitresses are winches, and they're yeah. singing and doing stuff. And I was having a great time, and uh. But yeah, the date definitely realized like, oh, this guy's not the, my type of guy because I was getting up and dancing and I was drinking beer and I was like, hell yeah! You were into the show. I was into it, dude. They told me to get up and arm nice. wrestle and stuff, and I was like, hell yeah, I'll do that. I'm terrible <laughs> at arm wrestling, but this is fun. So, I never went on a second date again, I suppose. Huh? No, uh, no, we're friends. Okay, but no it, more, no I always, more. always love it when the person tells you like, you're just not my type, and I'm like, okay. Dang. Sounds good. Dang. Thanks for being uh, honest. Dick, are you aware of what the Hyperloop was? I want to say that was the thing Elon Musk was trying to build. You are correct. And if I remember correctly, the Hyperloop was the first time I ever remember hearing Elon Musk's name. I the remember best PayPal. I can... PayPal? He did... Was he in on PayPal? He started PayPal. Oh, did he? And his buddy. I did. I... <laughs> I did, I did not know that. But the Hyperloop was a really cool idea, and if you're not familiar with what the Hyperloop was supposed to be or intended to be, was basically like this vacuum tube that uh, allowed for extremely fast travel yeah. inside of this tube. And it was supposed to be the future of travel. You know, they were saying you could get from, oh, I don't know, New York to L.A. in 20 minutes. I don't I like remember. It. Yeah, it was pretty cool, and I, I hadn't heard about it in a long time, uh, was was it using magnets or was it vacuum? I can't remember now. I don't know. But since 2014, the company raised about 450 million dollars in venture capital. Why don't we have venture capital? Dick, let's raise venture capital. Always sounds like there's never a small number in front of the word venture capital, is there? Yeah, it's always massive. Yeah, I don't know if it was again getting back to magnets or whatever. Uh, must theorize, uh, here it is, that the uh, aerodynamic aluminum capsules filled with passengers or cargoes could be propelled through nearless airless tubes of speeds of up to 760 miles an hour. So it is more like a vacuum. If there's no air, it just sucks you from place to place. Sounds terrifying, actually. Well, it is officially over. That is the death of the doom, uh, the doom loop. Whoops. The, uh, <laughs> that's, that's another story. The hyperloop. It is now actually dead. They have called it quits. The company has said, we're done. And actually, it was done at the end of 2023. Uh, so no more. And there's a picture of what one of the little hypothetical uh, rail carts looks like. I have yeah. to admit, it looks pretty cool. It looks pretty dope. They had enough built um, to actually, I guess, test it to a certain degree. But I guess they have either run out of funds or they just said, you know what? No this isn't going to happen, yeah. Okay, here it is. It says the most eye-catching scenario that Musk proposed was a trip from Los Angeles to San Francisco in 30 minutes, so not necessarily New York to L.A., like I said. But, man, would you want to get on that thing? Yeah, why not? I don't know. 
I, I think it would have to be really tested. When I mean, you get on an airplane. Yeah, but that's tested. Okay. This ain't, I don't know. But it's, it's, it's dead. That's kind of sad. But, oh, well, I guess now all we're going to get her is lame <laughs> electric trucks. <laughs> oh, I, I did hear that the metal on those trucks are having problem with, like, oxidation already in the winter from when they salt the roads. <laughs> that, didn't ma- that didn't surprise me. So at first it was fingerprints, and then it was a bumper that killed people. And now it's oxidizing almost instantly in the winter. You got to test it. Oh, I love all these crack, half, half cracked ideas that people come up with and put into production. It's amazing. Speaking of which, Audience One is on every Wednesday. At, at half cocked ideas? Yeah. yeah, it might be a little bit. I don't know, man. All right, let's get a quick hit here at the end of okay. the show. Dick, are you aware, or aware, have you heard of Diamond State Park? In Arkansas, I mean, I I've heard of people finding diamonds, but I don't know the the. It's called the Diamond State Park. Yeah, it's actually called Diamond State Park, and I guess the bit is you're allowed to go in there, and if you find any diamonds, you can keep it. So I guess at one time this was probably a popular place for diamonds, and so tourists will go in there and and camp out, and periodically people find um, diamonds in there. Okay. Well, just last week, an Arkansas man picked up what he thought was a piece of glass at the state park. Uh, It's about the size of a jelly bean. It turned out to be a 4.87 carat diamond worth $28,000. And of course, the park says, you can keep it, because that's kind of part of the bit. That is crazy. Yeah, it's in Murfreesboro. Okay. Diamonds, creator like of Diamonds it. State Park in Murfreesboro, Arkansas. And he went for the very first time with his girlfriend. Oh, man. She's going to be expecting that thing now. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Let's make that into a ring, honey. I'd be like, uh, you know, I'm thinking maybe we sell this and then I get you a nice ring. A nice ring. Maybe a good carrot, carrot and a half. Well, I mean, I think it'd be a cool idea if you really wanted to get married in the first place. Yeah, I guess. But that's a huge rock to be carrying around. And you know she's going to be like, make that, make that my ring, sweetie. Well, you don't love me. If you love me, you'd make that into a ring for me. Well, then do it. I guess you could split it up and it wouldn't be so obvious, but that thing is probably massive. The size of a jelly bean, is that what they said? So, I mean, that's there's a picture of him holding it in his hand. Yeah, it is cool. But, uh, yeah, anyways, just thought that was kind of neat. Quick hit here at the end of the show. Well, it's good to see you, buddy. It is. It is good for you to see me as well. Yeah, I know. I always enjoy seeing you. (laughs) And uh, I can't wait for next week. I guess next week we'll be here Last, I think it's the last Wednesday of the month. No, that would be this show. Is it? Yes, this is the 31st. Oh, shoot. Do you actually have, I hope you have the right uh, uh, font. Am I our... dreaming right now? <laughs> I can't even read the You do the have calendar. the 31st, I'm hoping, yeah, on, the, uh, I'm an idiot. on the show notes there. or not I'm the, an idiot. The show graphics, I should say. So. But yes, uh, I'm encouraging everyone to like, share, follow the audience of one page. Also, um, we did a little thing where we interviewed... Monty Montgomery on the Mornings with Lone yeah. Star. Check out Lone Star Community Radio. Lone Star Community Radio Morning Show. That's Dick's show. I was invited in as a guest, and we got to interview Monty Montgomery, the musician. That was truly, truly a uh, special treat for me since I am such a large fan. So we highly encourage that you go check that out as well. All right, rock and roll, onesies. Don't rock forget, you can always call Texas at any time. We have audience of one show at gmail.com. You can also call us at 936 463 Two three two two. We want people to text and call all the time, just constantly, constantly, just constantly. It. Blow it up. 